Internet, what's up? Happy Sunday. This is take four. Hopefully I get it right this time. Okay, we have, we've had some issues here, like people setting off car alarms right outside. My neighbor's upstairs, like bumping trap or house or something. So there's a whole lot of it's going on up there. It's fine. Of course, he had to wait to fire up his music like when I decide to record today. So hopefully you guys, hopefully the mic's not picking that up. You guys don't have to deal with that. And then there was people texting me. So I had to turn my phone on silent because I think that this is my first rodeo and I didn't know that I should do that. So quit fucking up, Brian. I hope everybody's enjoying their Sunday. And it's, I think it's Super Bowl Sunday. Not that I give a flying fuck about that because I'm not a, not a sports guy, especially football. I'm not a big fan of the NFL at all. So hard pass on that. But I'm sitting here Sunday enjoying some whiskey. I've got some yellow spot. In case you guys are interested, this is my favorite 12-year single pot distilled Irish whiskey. It's fucking amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. I will still destroy some Jameson, okay? Because that's mother's milk to me, okay? Love, love, love some Jameson. But, you know, in my age and maturity, I have definitely matured my palate, so to speak. And now I love some, some yellow spots, so... Cheers to the Irish folks over there making my favorite Irish whiskey on the planet. Good job. It's amazing. So what do we got going on? Let's do, let's get some business stuff out of the way and let's talk about all the things that we have going on. Okay. In case you didn't know, because you've been living under a stone or because you just discovered us from YouTube and now you're here, we have Patreon. Okay, we have a Patreon that we do some really cool, fun stuff. I have an amazing crew of people over there. We've got a small group, but it's growing. And we have, they're just amazing people. I'm so, so grateful to have every single one of them. And so also, ladies, we have two ladies over in the Patreon group. Okay, we got Jess and Meg over there. And they are sassy and they fired up with the dudes and they're not shy at all. So if you are one of our female followers and you want to know more about firearms, training, fitness, I don't know, world travel because you've never had a passport in your life and you want to know how to do that and accomplish that. We have a pretty experienced, great crew of people on Patreon. Love all my patrons to death. Uh, it's a small, intimate group. Come on over there. We'd love to have you. Even if you're, even if you are, you know, a little bit shy or you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a girl and there's going to be a bunch of dudes over there. And I'm like, no, we've got girls over there. Come on over, ladies. Like, Come jump in the come jump in. The water's warm. It's great place to be and hang out. And uh, I can't say enough good things about my patrons. So what's going on over there? How do you how do you get involved in Patreon? Well, you need to go to the patron site and then you need to search Lone Element. And once you find that, you'll find our our tiers. And we have four tiers. We have the uh, underway tier, which is five dollars a month, and that gets you exclusive access to full-length video interviews because all my video interviews for the podcast, the full-length versions are all on Patreon. So if you want to watch me interview whoever the guest is for that particular week, the full-length video interview will be on Patreon. So what do you got to do for that? It's five bucks. You come on over there. You got full exclusive access to the full-length video interviews. You get access to a live monthly Q&A uh, that I do. If you can't make it to the live Q&A, we... I, I record them and I'll throw them up on there and you'll get access to that. And then you'll get access to exclusive posts, photos, and articles of things that I write or post on Patreon. So come check that out. There's a little thread there. It's kind of like Instagram or Facebook where I, I can write thoughtful and insightful things that will hopefully help you be a better person or learn something cool. 
Come check it out. Uh, then our next fa- our next rung up the ladder is the patrol base, and that's ten bucks a month. That seems to be our most popular right now. Um, and what does that get you? It gets you all the aforementioned things. It gets you exclusive access to full length video interviews. Gets you the monthly live Q and A, the recorded Q and A, live posts. Or I'm sorry, exclusive posts, photos, and articles. And it gets you access to the Signal group chat. And it gets you a sticker pack. So I send you a sticker pack. It's got like twelve stickers in it. And then uh, you get access to the Signal group chat, which all the patrons are hanging out in there, having a great time. And they are, we exchange some great information in there and have some great talks. And it's basically direct access to me. My peers in the industry are charging like 100 bucks for that. Not me. I'm charging 10 bucks. Push the button, ask a question, get an answer. Okay, next, next rung up the ladder is the team room, 25 bucks a month. And what does that get you? Get you all the aforementioned things, the full-length video interviews, the monthly live Q&A, exclusive posts, photos, and articles, the sticker pack, uh, get you access to the Signal group chat. But the extra benefits to these are you get extra video content. So I film a little blurb, a little quick video. They range in between like five minutes and 30 minutes. We're all talk about gear, uh, talk about travel, or talk about training. Uh, little tips, tricks, and hacks for all of that stuff. I'll do gear, some gear review stuff on there every once in a while. So, uh, so yeah, that those videos hit once a month for people that are in that tier. And then we have a free loan element hoodie, which those are getting printed right now and should be getting shipped here relatively soon, probably within the next week. So my patrons that are listening to this, stand by. Your hoodies are finally arriving. And then you'll get uh, access to sponsor discount codes. We have some sponsors that just came on via this last go round of me running around talking to people at SHOT Show. So we've got some really cool sponsors coming on board and they are going to be giving me access to some good discount codes, which will only be available on the Patreon. All right, our last tier, the fourth tier, it's called In the Stack. It's 50 bucks a month. Actions on the objective exclusive access to full-length video interviews, monthly live Q&A, recorded live Q&A, exclusive posts, photos, and articles, the sticker pack, the signal group chat, the tradecraft videos, the hoodie, the sponsor discount codes. And now, what's the big cherry on the cupcake with this tier? Well, if you pay into it for six months, then you get a free training class with me, which we're about to fire that up. As soon as I come back from this trip to Australia, Brittany May and I will be firing up our first joint training class over uh, via point uh, firearms instruction. So those of you not familiar with Brittany May, go check her out and uh, definitely tune into what she's doing on Instagram and uh, at uh, her company, Point Firearms Instruction. So go check her out, see what she's doing. She's a phenomenal human. She's been on the podcast four times now, and I never get tired of talking to her. She's an absolute... Not only is she a phenomenal human and firearms instructor, she's just absolutely hilarious and fun to talk to, and we have some great conversations. So go definitely check out what she's doing. Okay, in addition to Patreon, what do we got going on? We have the YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel has endured a little drama as of late, but has self-corrected. And uh, so I I think we're okay for right now. We received a warning. I thought we were going to get a strike. They pulled down one of our videos. I argued with them in the customer service. They told me tough shit. We don't care. You're still violating community guidelines, even though I wasn't. And I pointed that out to them. And then all of a sudden, poof, my video was back up. And 
everything was good again. I don't know what's going on over there. But we are not going to wait for the axe to hit our neck over at YouTube because one thing we do recognize with YouTube, I wish everybody could just learn to get along, but we definitely have people at YouTube that have an agenda that's, in my opinion, anti-American. Anytime you don't support the Constitution of the United States of America, you're an anti-American shitbird, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, they don't like the, they apparently don't like First Amendment, uh, as does the rest of the social media platforms, and they don't like uh, the Second Amendment. So that's a big, it's a big problem for me. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over and set up something on Rumble. We're going to go set up a channel on Rumble as like our safety net. And in the meantime, we're also going to be putting together a more uh, branded and concentrated effort with building our own app and getting everything hosted and integrated into our new website, which if you haven't checked out the new website, go check it out, www.loanelement.com. Website's up. It's looking sexy. It's looking great. And uh, we're getting that populated and there's lots of cool stuff going on there. We will be selling merch on there very soon. We will be booking classes out of there very soon. And so all of that's going to be happening within the coming month. Hopefully we'll get all that nailed and out the door and rocking and rolling before second quarter, which is not going to leave me a lot of time because by the time I come back from Australia, I think I have like three weeks before second quarter. Yes, folks, that is how fast time flies. And we will be in second quarter of 23 really shortly after I come back from. So we've got going on. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and dive into our next episode with one of my best friends on the planet. He is a former army ranger from 275 fame, lots of combat deployments, and started a company out of his garage called Combat Flip Flops. And he's one of, I mean, I don't know what I would do without this guy in my life. Like he is such a tremendous value add in my life. And he is just, he's like Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like my version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, like I can go to him and he just, he always has a really great perspective and insight. And uh, I just respect the hell out of the dude and love him to death like a brother. So Griff, I love you. And without further ado, let's dive into uh, this latest episode, the prequel to SHOT Show 2023 with my man, Matt Griffin of Combat Flip Flops. Let's talk about uh, what is the show? What? How many shows is this for you? You know, I, it was funny because I was thinking about my worst shot show ever. It was also my worst and my best, but it was 2010, and that was 12 years ago. I can't believe it. So I think I've been here like seven or eight times. Hmm. Um, but I haven't been back since I think 2019. Yeah. And I just, uh, just as a as a brand, we actually launched here. You know, yeah. 12 years ago was when we actually oh, 10 years. I remember 11 years ago is when we launched here and uh, the industry like supported us for a number of years and then they just fell off for some reason. And now the industry seems to be back into combat flip flops again, which is cool. Like I'm into it. So I don't, I don't know what everything goes in cycles. It goes in waves. We're just here to meet some cool folks, do some podcasts, do some interviews. And luckily I got my, my beautiful Wahine with me. So she came down and we're just going to go, go to the Ranger party tonight. Uh, go have some evil pie. I guess there's a really cool pizza place here. 
in Vegas called Evil Pie, and it's like a whole Evil Knievel themed pizza restaurant. Oh wow! Okay, I haven't heard of it. I've heard it's stellar. So we're gonna go to dinner there tomorrow night, yeah. and then on Thursday I'm gonna do a podcast and a bubble bath with you. We are. Yeah. Yes. Our shot show wrap up will be in my soak tub, and it's tiny as well. Our knees it's are small. gonna be. Touching. Our knees will be touching. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's all that we'll be touching. And we just talked about audio, and it's really like all tile and echoey in there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be horrible. But just watch the video instead. It'll be worth tolerating it'll be, about it. It'll, you know. be, it'll be fun. Yeah. The Yeah. So we're doing the best we can. Cato could not be with us because he had family things going on. So Don't lie. He's skiing yeah. in Jackson Hole. I mean, right? he is skiing. That motherfucker is skiing. But his excuse was, uh, I need to be here for my sister's birthday. And I was like, okay. So I get it. I don't think I've ever met Cato in person remarkable human being i was really looking forward to meeting him yeah, yeah. actually but more than seeing you yeah i mean yes yeah he's 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 a, a fucking fantastic human being he's my most one of my most fucking favorite trusted like my my little group you kato the shitbird that's standing over there on her phone that is not allowed to talk and this is a personal record. I have never heard her be quiet yeah, this long. I know she's fucking kicking ass. Everybody, Kelsey Sharen is with us in the room right now from Brass and Unity. But I put her on a no talking while we're podcasting hiatus. So she's she's doing great. She's doing so good right now. Yeah, my weed's gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is yeah. when somebody comes in from somewhere else into America and they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, how do we get weed?" Is like, "Hold on, let me Google that for you." What right. city are you in? Mm-hmm. We're in Las Vegas. All right, I want you to Google Las Vegas weed delivery. What? They can do that here? Yes, they Welcome can. to America. Welcome to America. You know what else we can do? Carry guns. You know what else we can do? Own guns. So, anyway. I'm really disappointed in our neighbors to the north. Like, I really... I am too. No, and I wouldn't say that not the people, but the government. Yes. Which is, I would have to say, is true of most things. Yeah, well, it's completely true of, like, my position on China. Like, I love Chinese people. I love Chinese food. My producer is Chinese. Like, they're awesome. You know who's not awesome? Their fucking government. Yeah. Their government's not awesome. The 100%. communist people, whatever the fuck they're called, is not awesome. So, yeah. So, that's I find that to be the truth in, in most of my travels throughout the world is, like, the people of most countries are pretty cordial, pretty awesome, amazing people, and... Yeah, I've had nothing but everywhere I traveled, even in the countries where people were actively trying to kill me, the hospitality in some places was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I went into a lot of different Afghan villages that were, they were those villages where like, they're just out there trying to survive and they're caught in the middle. They're not Taliban, but they're not friendly to the US per se. They're just out there trying to survive. But when you approach them, um, in a non-confrontational way, they were very cordial. And I sat in, I got invited and sat in on some shuras and some villages where like, it was, it was, they were very, they brought out food for us, asked us if we wanted to stay. The village elder held my hand and walked me around the village and, you know, showed me all of the, you know, all the parts and pieces of his village. And, um, you know, it was, it was awesome. But, uh, yeah, people are usually amazing. Governments are not. Yep. So... But yeah, we're here at in Vegas Shot Show. So we, you, you and I actually met at this show. I think it was twenty eleven. Was it eleven? 
Yeah, I remember sitting down with you at a cafe table next to the gondolas in the Venetian mm -hmm. and just having a nice long conversation back then. Yeah. Right Orion Design Group. Yeah. yeah, and you were a lot more zen. You had reached your place of zen way, 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 way sooner than I, I had in life. I was totally faking it. Oh, you were faking it. Okay. Faking it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was fresh. I was like, when we met, I was a year off of my operational career and I was still like a monster. I mean, I still am kind of monster, but it, I've learned how to control it, you know, as Jordan Peterson says. So the, you and I met and I think just seeing the look on your face when I was like, I think I was describing, because I remember this conversation and I remember looking over and seeing the look on your face when I was like talking about uh, an interaction that I had with a company, I think it was, I think it was outdoor research. And I was like talking about how I wanted to do a collaboration project with them. And I came in and like had this really great design concept and they just kind of turned their nose up at it. And I was like, well, I mean, we can work together guys, but you know, good businesses. If you don't want to do this project with me, I'll just take it to one of your competitors. Yeah. And I remember like you stopped for a minute and you're like, you said that to him. And I was like, and I remember thinking to myself, this guy's a fucking ranger. What the fuck? Yes, I fucking said that to him. Why wouldn't I say that to him? That's called honesty. And you just, and I, and that was my, that was my internal monologue. And, and then I remember you just were like, bro, don't, don't say things like that. to people. Like these aren't Marines or ranger. You can't, you, you can't, can't do that. You can't do that. That's what you're talking to yeah. the. And I had to sit with that. I had to sit with that and process that. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I can't just say what I mean. What do you mean I can't just say what's on my mind, you know? And I still have that disease. I still have Oh, that oh no, it's like as, as zen as it is on the outside, on the inside, yeah. there is still full-blown berserker ranger on mm -hmm. the inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it is. But uh -huh. it's you just realize that that gets you nowhere. Yeah. Zero. Mm -hmm. Gets you absolutely no places. Yeah, you've done a really, really great job of, like, managing the internal ranger. Me, I have not done such a great job managing my... I will still knife hand a motherfucker from time to time. So, but I have to say, like the uh, the inner ranger is leaking out these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah, because I just I, I've gotten to the point where I used to care, mm -hmm. and now I just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And it, people are responding way more to that, and it's authentic. Yeah. Well, that's why that's what I I tried to really make as a premise for this podcast is authenticity, like. There's a time, there's obviously a time to be professional, but I think that, you know, woke culture has not helped with, you know, they've really blurred the line between like professionalism and, you know, what's professional and then like cancel culture and like being afraid to get, get canceled if you say what's on your mind or, you know, uh, everybody's hurt little hurt feelers all the time mm -hmm. and newsflash people, I'm not responsible for your fucking feelings. You're responsible for your feelings. Like you can control your feelings and you can control your actions and the things that you say. So I don't need to like bury my truth or not have my truth because it's going to potentially hurt your little bitch ass feelings. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a thing that I subscribe to. Yeah. So it's good. I think to just be authentic and tell it how it is. And I agree with you. Like people have been super, super receptive to like, me being vulnerable and telling things about my personal life and just being real with shit and being honest and upfront and standing by the things that I say, but also being open to the alternative, um, the alternative point of view. Yeah. And our, our little 
band of black sheep mm-hmm. of friends of ours, uh, Mr. Adam Slank from Fighter Design. Yes, amazing man. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's he's probably one of the the smartest, most intelligent people. And mm-hmm. the thing that he he I remember that like the thing that he says that sticks with me is this: is like when presented with new information that is factual and true, do you have the capability to change your mind on a subject? And that is how you base somebody's level of intelligence. Yeah. And, and I am always open for a fact-based debate that leads to a better outcome and more knowledge for everybody. But if you're screaming at me in caps online mm-hmm. or just hurling insults at me like you've already lost, yes. and now you know what I think of you. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, But it's, 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 it's tough, though, because if we do let that side of us leak out or we say something immediately on social media, somebody will go and report you and flag you because they got their feelings hurt and that could hurt your business. That's how my account got deleted. so tough, right, to hold those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, that's exactly what social media was designed for, was to connect and to converse with people. But you're you're right. Like, it has been weaponized. That's how my, I guarantee you that's how my account got, got deleted is I got spam reported for all of my outspoken opinions on the COVID situation and then other things, you know, man, I just, I left that one to the side. Yeah. I, we did not comment on that mm-hmm. at all. It was zero. Yeah. None. Yeah. No, we, I, I tore into it because I couldn't, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand socially what was happening. It wasn't about, it wasn't for me. It wasn't about, I mean, it was a little bit about the stupidity of the situation and how people were just because of, politics people were being blind to like what actual science was going on and then they were like both sides were like this is science and the other side was like this is science and like nobody was like really it they were claiming that science was whatever in line in line with their their cognitive bias or what their political party point of view instead of like really like looking at data and being like uh no actually you're wrong and here's why People just like, they, they lost their minds. And that was what was upsetting to me is like the continued polarization of people being pushed apart and reinforcing the separation that we're experiencing in the country right now. So. And, it, and it's all fear-based. Yeah. Completely fear-based. 100% fear-based. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite historical military leaders is Eisenhower. Yeah. But not what he did as a military leader, but what he did as a president. And specifically, if you go to his parting you know, speech, his parting address, he right. warned of two things. And most people only, they only say the one thing about that. Do you remember what that was? No. Beware of the military industrial complex. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. This was yeah. a five-star general yep. who warned. was significantly yep. responsible for help winning World War II, like mm-hmm. America's last large W. Yeah. Got out and then became the president. Mm-hmm. And on his way out the door, he gave two bits of advice. Beware of the industrial military complex. Because he had to have seen it from the inside, from the military side and from the political side. So he knew, and he gave that very clear warning to everybody. And then fast forward, Vietnam, like all these other wars that, Mm -hmm. you know, these defense companies are just making billions, if not trillions of dollars over decades. Right. With zero W's, like... Mm -hmm you know, on the board since then. Yeah. Like you can count Panama and Grenada and all those other things, but like really like big wars that shift things politically in the world. Yes. We have not put a W on the board in over half a century. Correct. What's, so what's your, so the second one, 
Okay. Yep. Do you know what that was? No. Beware of the government consolidation of sciences. Oh, he said that. He said it in his events. He says, do not let the government control science. As soon as they uh, control science, then it's done. Mm. So, and for me, I just looked at the situation from the outside and I always try to like, I, I try to tell people whenever a problem is facing you, mm-hmm. stop, zoom out, just pull back. Like, you know, for example, like this morning we got on the airplane and somebody had bent the tray table in front of me. Yes. And so, uh, Lapine, she set a glass of water down on my tray and it slid right off full glass of water right into my nether region it's happened to me as well yeah yeah and so i'm yeah. sitting it'll in, wake you right up i'm sitting in six ounces of cold water that just had to filter through my my bits and pieces to get down yeah ice cold water on your dick will wake you right up yeah. immediately yeah. immediately yeah and uh but i could be angry about it but zoom out man i'm mm-hmm. on a multi-million dollar aircraft that's going to huck through the sky at 700 miles an hour Correct. to land in las vegas and hang out with my friends yes like this is okay it's fine but uh, when when COVID came out, they're like, all right, stop, zoom out. Like, what's happening? The government is controlling science. Mm-hmm. All of the, You're seeing all the independent guys who were professionals in their field getting shut down. Those were huge red flags to me that something just isn't right. Mm-hmm. And when you have the government, the scientists, and the corporations all on the same page in a record amount of time. Scary. It's like something's not right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay with like tapping the brakes and just kind of waiting it out a bit. Well, so I mean, that on. was my overarching message that I was putting out. It was like, hey, people, the data doesn't necessarily support the level of hysteria that's going on right now. This knee-jerk reaction where now I need a digital passport to go into a restaurant and eat food. Like my primary, you know, like a, a thing that I kept saying over and over again is like 19-year-olds are not falling over dead in the streets, bleeding from the ass and the eyeballs. Like, like this is not Ebola. Yeah. Let's let's maybe let's like maybe like pump the brakes. The the mortality rate's not fucking thirty percent here, and like we're not stacking bodies up. You know, I'm not walking through the streets every day like some third world countries where there's just dead bodies on the side. You know, like everywhere. So maybe we could just like stop panicking and stop you know going at each other. And I mean, it was it was pretty bad. Like I had a really terrible experience in a coffee shop in my local coffee shop in Jackson that I love to go to, and uh, I was sitting in there and. Some old dude came in. Well, actually, I was sitting there. I'd order food without a mask on because I, and they would get super pissed at me, but I was a regular in there. But the, so they wouldn't kick me out because I was a regular and they knew me and I'd been eating there for, I don't know, fucking years now. You're, you were a cash cow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm also six foot three and you're not going to fucking bully me with a fucking mask. So I, I walked in and, you know, of course they're like, sir, and we're trying to order in line. And the, my rationale for this is, in tables all around me are people sitting down with no masks on, eating. In a closed space. But they, in, a, in an enclosed space, but they want me to wear a mask to stand in line and to order. Meanwhile, people all around me have no mask on. So, of course, I was like, go fuck yourself. So, I go up, I order. They're like, and it was funny, too, because we would go through the same iteration every time I'd go in there and order. I'd go in there and they'd be like, sir, you need to put a mask on. No. Sir, no, you really need to put a mask on. I'm not. And then usually by that time, I was like the third person in line. I was like getting up to the counter and I would just start ordering while she was like, sir, you need to. And I'd be like, I'll take a large red eye, two shots and a ham and cheese croissant. Thanks. And she would just sit there and glare at me. And then she'd go over the register and fucking ring it up. 
and then and then I'd get my food and I'd go sit down and I'd pull out the local paper, Jackson Hole Daily, I'd read through the paper and uh, enjoy my coffee. Well, on this particular occasion, a young girl, probably like 19 or 20, maybe a little older than that, came in and she wasn't wearing a mask. And I looked up at her and I was like, yes, you go girl. Good for you. Fucking. And there was a box of masks and hand sanitizers sitting on this little table. And she's in there standing in line, mind her own business. This old dude walks in and looks at the mask. And I'm like watching him as I'm like sitting there reading the paper. And I'm like, look over. And he's like, looks at her, looks at the masks, looks at her, looks at the masks, walks over, picks a mask out of the box and walks over and shoves it in her face. Not even politely, not even, not even, excuse me, miss. Hey, would you mind putting this mask on for us, please? He was like shoved it in her face and was like, put this on right now. Said it to her like that. And I was like, I lost my mind, dude. (laughs) I was like, I looked over and transformed into a werewolf immediately. And I was like, or tell him to fuck right off. And his eyes behind his mask got huge. And he like looked over me and I said, you heard me. And I looked over at her again and I was like, tell him to fuck right off. And he just like was like, and she didn't know what to do. And then she was getting close to the front of the line. So she turned and like, <laughs> turned her back and like scooted over. And God, I wish you could have been there to see that. And this dude was like, oh, oh. And I was like, motherfucker, are you the mask police? Shut the fuck up. Mind your own goddamn business. I go, are you vaccinated? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you have a mask on your fucking face right now? Yeah. Then you're safe. Stop bullying other fucking people. You're fine. And he was like, mm, and put his head down. And of course, took his little beta ass and fucking ordered his food. And then came over to me and like tried to put his hand out on my shoulder. And I turned around and I was like, do you want to get fucked up right now? And he goes, well, I just wanted to tell you, like, I just had a, pr-. and I go, shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of this restaurant. <laughs> I go, this is going to end really, really badly for you. And he just like looked at me and then fucking left. And I was like, yeah. And I never really considered that, mm-hmm. that this op- this opportunity gave the ability for people who got bullied to bully others. Yeah. I never really thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the power mongering that I was watching just at the fucking human, like at the lowest levels of, you know, society, which is what I just watched. I just watched that unfold. Some dude, some old guy, 50, 60 years old, going to go bully a fucking young girl and wasn't even nice about it. He wasn't even polite. And I was just like, I am not... After spending my adult life fighting for the rights of other human beings, yeah, I'm not going to tolerate, you know, I'm not going to tolerate that. Like, I went and killed human beings to fucking ensure little girls could go to school. Yeah. And to stabilize, you know, an area so that people aren't getting marched down to the soccer field and getting their head cut off and uh, or getting machine gunned and fucking thrown in a ditch. So... You bet your ass if I'm sitting there having coffee and I see somebody start to bully somebody else. Plus, it's a it's a trauma thing from when I was a kid because I got bullied super hard when I was like young, and uh, I just don't I don't tolerate bullies. Like still to this day, if I saw somebody like getting bullied, I might knock them out of their shoes. Like I might I might th- I I'm, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to work on that, Brian. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying, but <laughs> I I can't stand. I can't stand bullies. So I th- yeah, I think the yeah. just the animosity on both sides. And again, like I, I didn't comment on it. I just sit and I watch. Right. I just mm-hmm. I look at patterns. I'm a pattern person. But the one thing that I did see, which was kind of, uh, it was reflected in a quote. Uh, it was regarding, like the vaccination is is you know, y- you got the shot, 
and we hoped you wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. We didn't get the shot, and you hope we would. Right. And I thought that was a really interesting quote that somebody put together. Just that they really had the sentiment is just, you know, it's, it's about safety. You're saying this is for public safety. You just want a person to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're, we're both trying, we're on the same thing. We just have differing opinions, but right. like you, you actually wish that I would die because I, I didn't do what you did. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Yeah. Not cool at all. And getting, getting canceled after I, you know, for basically, you know, I didn't violate any community guidelines. Somebody just spam reported me and I got my account shut down because they politically, you know, disagreed with me and, uh, disagreed with my position on things. And my main position was like, Hey, Let's stop having knee-jerk reactions to things. Pump the brakes. Be objective, and look at look at the data that's coming in, all the data sets, and analyze it, and make a best case, uh, like a be- uh, make a plan that's going to make sense moving forward. Without, excuse me, without such extreme measures, you know. So it was a yeah. The last couple of years were tough. They were. They're not, it wasn't a fun last couple of years from a business perspective, which I'm, you and I had a great conversation about and wasn't a great time for, uh, you know, on a, on a social perspective. No, I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to change subjects now. It's just, <laughs> this shit's depressing me. <laughs> it really is. It's just depressing. Yeah. 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 Well, let's hope, uh, let's hope we can, what I'm happy about now. And I told my friend, so I, I went over to do the recce, get my pass because last year the show was dead. That's what I heard. So last year, there was no people at the show. Uh, lots of companies canceled and pulled out because they were still, you know, the state of Nevada was still mask mandating. So like yeah. a bunch of, you know, every a bunch of the companies are like, nope, we're not, we're not going to go participate in that. We're not going to spend millions of dollars so that our employees and our customers can be miserable, you know, all day long. We're just not going to do it. And, and you know, the show felt the effects of that. Oh, for sure. So like the... Uh, so it was dead. So we didn't even go down to the show floor because I had people calling me. We just stayed in the hotel. We podcasted. We had all of our meetings up here. And um, people were calling me. And they're like, dude, there's n- it's a ghost town. There's literally nobody down here. And I was like, okay, cool. We don't need to go down there then. And uh, last night I went and I was like super stoked because people are back in full force. And the circle bar at the Venetian was like back to it. it it's it, been it restored used to, to be the circle bar, the Palazzo, but yeah. they changed up the layout and then mm-hmm. it's, it's moved over to the Venetian. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not a bigger fan. I'm not a fan of it. I like yep. the old Palazzo version better. Yes. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. yeah. But they shut it down. So like now they, they ripped it out and they remodeled. So now everybody's been going to the Venetian and like in the Venetian. So what I was happy about, and I told him, uh, I ran into one of my friends, he, uh, Travis Mitchell. He's a, uh, he was like employee number six at Surefire. I, I talked, I ran into him and him and I worked at Surefire together. And um, he was there way before me, but great dude, Marine sniper. He's like an old school gangster in this industry for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, great dude, him and his wife, Cage are amazing. Shout out to them. Uh, ran into them and had a great talk with them. But one of the things that I was happy about is seeing the people congregate and the happiness, like everybody was stoked. Like there was a high level of stoke going on last night. The energy in the room was really good. Cause people are like, yeah, it's back. We're back. It's, we're, uh, we're social creatures. So like we're enjoying like the tribal aspect of like what's going on. And, you know, and what it reminded me of is like an old school, like tribe hanging out around the campfire, you know, mm-hmm. the circle bar is kind of like the campfire and everybody's like hanging out, telling stories, happy to see each other, giving hugs, giving high fives, buying each other drinks. 
And I thought that was really good. It made me happy to see that level of social interaction again after like what you and I just talked about for, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see old friends and, yeah. and catch up. The, the thing I'm not excited about is the TBI. Yeah. You know, when you go up, it's like, I know you. Mm-hmm. I know your face. I know we've been drunk together. I know we've done things together. Yeah. Just, like, we haven't seen each other in a decade. Mm-hmm. What? And then, you know, name badges are really great for that. But like right. once you start like flipping over, like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I think what's cool about this industry is you just say, hey, man, I'm having a TBI moment. Would you please remind me, you know, like how we know each other? Mm-hmm. Because there's just so many interactions. Like I met guys on a Glock range back in 2013, 14. Yep. I met guys during the cry desert death race in 2010. Like you just meet people everywhere. Yeah. You know, and it's always good that you have a good positive interaction with somebody. And then a decade later you come together and you're, ah, yeah. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. So I had to bring, I had to bring my chaperone for that reason. Otherwise I would get carried away. Yeah. Into the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. I'm glad she's here too. Yes. We do have a tendency to behave badly at this show. I told her, I warned her. I was like, you know what you signed up for? Like, this is, this is definitely a, a show where it's it's men behaving badly, pe- behaving very poorly usually. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say poorly. I would just say we we just get overindulgent. You know, it's the because Vegas leads it's to poor behavior. <laughs> it, it, you know, Vegas just sucks you in. Like you're yeah. sitting down at a table at eleven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you look down at your watch. You're having such a good time. It's three in the morning, and yeah. you and then you have meetings. You've had too much to drink. Yeah, you've yeah. got a breakfast meeting at like eight thirty. Yeah, and then you have to show. like. There's times when I was younger, when I was like consulting at Surefire. When I was like 27, 28, where like I could pull all-nighters no problem. Like I would go out, party all night. We'd wind up at the Spearmint Rhino. We'd close that place down. And I would roll in just in time, take a shower, brush my teeth, drink a screwdriver, and fucking go to my first meeting. And do it again. And then do it again. And then do it again. <laughs> four, four or five nights in a row. And, and I used to be able to pull that off. No problem. Now... There's not a chance in hell I could pull that off. Yeah, my old my old methodology of doing it was I would come down a day early, mm-hmm. and I would overindulge, have a really good time, and I I just get bad hangovers. I don't, I just do. Mm-hmm. I've never been one of those people that doesn't. And then just remember why I don't overindulge during the show because I don't want to feel this bad the next day while I'm working. Yeah. And so then I would just I'd be able to take it easy the rest of the week. Yeah, hangovers now will put me down. Like depending on the severity. Like if I were to drink heavily and pull an all nighter. It would probably put me down for two days now. Yeah. To where I'd be like, compl- like I would have to stay in bed and fucking throw up a lot and take a lot of Advil and pound water and then just lay there and suffer for until it subsided. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't partake. Like last night, I didn't drink. I went over to the Circle Bar, went around, did a recce, checked out a bunch of people. I didn't have one. I didn't have one drink. Good. Yeah. Had a boy. I thought about it. I was like, hmm, that would be really good right now. A beer would taste really good right now. Or a, I was like, well, you know, for some reason in my mind, vodka, a vodka soda is like the, it's like the, it's the bottom rung of the ladder and it's, it's okay. It's cause it's kind of, it's like clear. It's like water. It's refreshing. doesn't really taste like alcohol. And I, I was, I was tempted. I was like, oh, I could do one. And then I was like, nope, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Griff's going to be here in the morning. You're going to podcast. It's going to be great. Just get your badge, say hi to some people, and bid everybody a good evening and return to your hotel room and set up cameras and equipment and get ready for tomorrow, which but is I, what I did. But I remember being a young guy and seeing like the most professional people, like the leaders of the industry. 
they would all show up at the circle bar mm-hmm. right but 11 o'clock would happen and then they would all do the irish goodbye mm-hmm. and that was it yeah and next day they'd be there next evening till like 11 yeah and they just had that marathon mentality about it and i'm i'm now older a little bit a little bit wiser and so that's that's my mentality around mm-hmm. it now Nothing, nothing that's going to make you money or no business deals are really done between the hours of 11 and three, four or five in the morning. No. Those are actually the ones that kill, mm-hmm. kill your business. So yes, be advised. Yeah. 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 And they kill your business because you either got drunk and said something stupid in front of somebody that had the second or third order effects, or you didn't make your meetings the next morning because you were too, too hungover to go, or you overslept or, or you show up to a meeting totally hungover and yeah. everybody knows it. Yeah. And everybody yeah. knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a good idea. So yeah, we're in a total different chapter of maturity now. Yeah, I like it. So do I. Yeah, and I, but I also enjoy watching the young guys make the mistakes that that we did. That we made, yeah. Yeah, and I can only imagine those guys that were our age back then. Yeah. They had the same enjoyment yeah. that we're having now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's good. To, it's good to be back. I'm glad that things are rocking and rolling. What are your are you here? I mean, besides just what you're trying to accomplish for your company for business stuff, do you have any other? Do you have any other um, things you're going to take a look at or do while you're here? No, we, you know, combat flip flops. We had a, a rough year after Afghanistan, and any, anybody who says, "Oh, you don't have stuff in stock," like, yep, a hundred percent. Like, you know, the Afghan withdrawal didn't affect many businesses or people, but it definitely affected mine. I mean, essentially, we had a lot of product on the deck the summer of 2021 that was right. getting ready to ship. And then the week that it was supposed to ship was the week that everything fell. So obviously, it didn't leave. And that cut 20 to 25% of our total gross revenue off for a year. Had you paid deposits or had you paid for We that? paid for everything. Cash out the door. Already paid for. How much? What was the... What was, what heavy, was heavy five figures. <sighs> right, which turns into heavy three figures. You know, for us, and we're yeah. we're a super small business. We're not like Nike or Reebok yeah. or Ultima or any of these companies who are making fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred million dollars a year. Right. We're a legitimate small business. We have mm-hmm. four people who run the company. You know, it's it's meaningful. And when that revenue didn't come in during the peak time of the year, we didn't have revenue to or we didn't have cash to buy footwear for spring, which has a negative domino effect across the year. But in the middle of that, we've been through so many bad times as a company that we knew all the levers to pull. So that way we'd be fine. Like we, we knew it. Like, hey, like what's uh smooth seas don't make a skilled sailor. Right. Right? We're skilled Correct. now. We've been there. Yes. And so I although although we, we we shrank up a little bit, we actually used this time while everybody else is freaking out to get ahead because everybody was banging crypto and real estate and doing all this other stuff. And like, nah. The downturn's coming. I mean, we, we prepared for it. And instead of freaking out, we just got to work. So we opened up the Marine Corps exchanges. So we're going to be on Marine Corps bases nice. around the world. Uh, we opened up the Army exchanges. So we're going to be Army bases around the world. We improved our Amazon business. And then we sm- streamlined our product line, which is good for us. And we refocused our marketing team. And now we're we're literally jamming while everybody else was you know, kind of hurting and trying to figure shit out now because they've never had you know, a rainy day. Now we're on the gas with our, our wet weather gear on, right? Right tires and traction. We're on the track and putting putting it down. So just meeting with a few customers here, just trying to, to grow our business and, uh, you know, just say hi to old friends. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think what makes or breaks 
businesses is their ability to know how, when, and where to scale. Because I think what increases your chances of survivability is if you stay small and agile and manage your overhead and cut costs where you can until you get to that point where scaling is unavoidable and you have to step up and take that next, you know, reach up, grab that next rung on the ladder and increase your footprint. And, you know, it's what's, it's, what's enabled me to survive. Cause we're in the same boat. Like it's just Cato and I that run, you know, it's Cato and I, and then I have a, a friend, um, Cody, who does a lot of our prototyping and stuff, but it's just, it's really just Cato and I that run the daily operations and the design and the product management and the marketing of ODG. And now we're doing it with loan element with like turning it into spinning it into a media company. And, um, so what enabled me to survive with ODG over the years is, keeping it small and as little overhead as possible. Yeah. And I think the the problem for me is I had a lot of uh, insecurity around the size of my business, to be honest. Like, we're mm-hmm. just so small. They're like, oh, we're not, you know, we're not this size. We're not $10 million. We're not $50 million. And you're so right. you're making all those decisions like you're one of those businesses trying to fake the funk. Versus saying, uh, and a friend of mine, Amber, a uh, really successful entrepreneur out of Texas, she she was at this conference and she gave this talk and she said this line is, would you rather be a $5 million company putting off $1.5 million in profit per year? Or would you rather be a hundred million dollar company losing $30 million a year? Hmm. That's an easy this, this, the stresses that go along with that as a person, as a right. family member, as a leader, all your employees, their families, everything else. It's, it's a lot of stress. And it's at a point in my life now where like, now nah, I'm, completely secure in our business. It's awesome. I really enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy our, our, our vendors, the people who make our flip-flops, the people who make our shamas, the people who make our jewelry. Every bit of the business is pretty freaking pleasurable, you know, and I'm totally happy doing that. Would I like to grow my company? Yep. But the, the no asshole rule applies and yeah. it's got to be fun and it's got to be cool. And if people like that want to work with us, I'm totally down to work with them in that way. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I remember when you, I like, I was helping you one day with inventory because you like were, you were, your garage operation, you bootstrapped out of your garage. Like you were full on running, shipping and receiving and some manufacturing. You were doing manufacturing in your garage. Yeah. When our, years. when we first started our company, our intent was to manufacture within yeah. a combat boot factory in Kabul, Afghanistan. After we'd paid all our deposits, after everything was built, we flew there, got our stuff. The factory said they were shutting down because their boot contracts got canceled. All of our material was bad. So the assembly was beautifully assembled flip-flops out of bad material. We couldn't send it home. So we had to leverage everything else, buy more flip-flop material, find another factory. And then that factory went out of business. And so we ended up making the call to like ship the container full of raw materials to my house. And as it bobbed across the ocean, we built a gorilla flip-flop factory in my garage and for months on end we manufactured flip-flops 30 feet behind my kitchen mm-hmm. and then when that finished and we got on shark things. tank mm-hmm. we had to change out the manufacturing facility to a distribution warehouse where we i used to build houses i'm a carpenter i can we figured out the size of our boxes and then we built our shelves to those we literally optimized every cubic inch of my garage i remember helping to move, you to move millions of up. dollars yeah. of product through that garage yep. in short order mm-hmm but you got to do those things as a, as an entrepreneur versus everybody goes, Oh, you got to go to this third party logistics. And it's like, how much are you paying per order? Like, Oh, you know, we're paying $8 an order getting out. Like what's your average cart value? Like 30 bucks. Like, well, what's your cost of goods sold? 18. I was like, dude, you're making $4 an order on that. Like, 
That's, that's not including your overhead. Like, that's not a great. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a, not a great margin. <laughs> yeah, it's so just the MBA mentality. Like you have to scale, you have to do this, you have mm-hmm. to do all of these things. Versus, no, you can grill it profitably. And yeah. so we just decided to do it that way. And we're, you know, we've teetered on profitability, but what we do is very expensive, which takes me to back to social media and, and haters is, uh, the one thing that really pisses me off in our comments and people go like, I can't believe you're leveraging patriotism and you're, you're paying 40 bucks for, sh- you're making us pay $40 for Shamas. I can get them for $9 and like, right on bro. Yeah. Go do that. Go do that. Go buy that cheap Chinese-made crap. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, go support communist parties. Every time yeah. you buy one of those things, you're supporting the Chinese Communist Party because the Chinese Communist Party owns a portion of every company in China. Right. There you go, Patriot. Right? right. And and like, go start a business. Go find a manufacturer in Kabul. Go buy materials and manufacture goods and then pay to ship them here and tell me how much you're going to charge for the product. Mm-hmm. At, calculate your hours in there at your hourly rate and tell me how much you're going to charge for those things. And in the end, I go like, our shit's the best. It is. We un- we unapologetically make the best shamas on the market. People ask whether they're 40 bucks. They get them and they go, oh yeah, this is worth 40 bucks. It's like, oh, why does Noveski charge? Well, how much do they charge for a rifle? Oh God, they're like at 2,600 or something like that now. Yeah. Or I could go down to the, the gun store and buy an AR for 500 bucks. Like, I can go buy a Palmetto Armory for, for $699. Yeah. Yeah. Go t- yeah. Go take those, go, mm-hmm. go do the Pepsi challenge on those rifles and tell me which one you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll take a Noveski. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get quality and, you know, uh, a cheap price. You're either going to get a really great quality product that's going to cost you some money or you're going to get a great price on something that's going to fucking last, you know, not very long. I, I yeah. can't tell you like one of my, Oh, one of my lights, uh, I had to buy, get new lights on this trip because one of my lights fucking the ordered it like friend ordered it for me, sent it to me uh, off of Amazon. She sent it to us. She was like, oh, I, I wanted to support your guys's efforts. And I was super grateful for that. I was like, yeah, rad. Like, thank you so much. And we've had it. I don't know, maybe eight months. And the little bracket that holds the DC battery cable in fell out. And now the light doesn't work. Yeah, we're chucked it in the trash. And I was like, oh, cool. That goes in the landfill. Buy once, cry once. Right. Correct. Yeah. That being said, I will say, I will invite people, if you're listening to this podcast here, please go to our social media and then go ahead and have conversations with the trolls. It's awesome. It just yeah. crushes engagement. And mm-hmm. we we have this ad right now for our Shamas. And honestly, I look like a douche mm-hmm. on the ad. Like we had just got done like AT skiing this like a couple thousand foot peak. I'm standing on top of this mountain as the sun's coming up. And my cameraman just happened to turn. He's like, hey, Griff. And he snaps this photo of me. And I look like a, I look, I literally look like a tool. It is our highest performing ad because the engagement on it is so high because I look like a freaking dork. <laughs> <laughs> it's- well, you've been doing some creative fun things with, uh, with social media because you and I have had some great discussions about how depressing it is. Like, because you and I are like quality content. We like to put out a beautiful picture or a beautiful video tell a story, something thought-provoking, something that people reflect on, put out a great positive message, high stoke level, and... 60 likes. 60 likes. Meanwhile, you put out a, you know, a meme of, like, fucking Big Bird, you know, fucking the cookie monster, and you, like, it it gets, it gets fucking 100,000 fucking views. 
and and all kinds of engagement. Yeah. 10,000 comments, you know, you're like, what the fuck, man? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But like you have done something that I thought was super creative where you are now alternating like, well, you were for a while. Cause I think no, I, you, I still am. I did okay, one yesterday. You're alternating good quality thought provoking content with a meme, yep. good quality thought provoking content meme. And, and then we drop a product in there every now and then. Yeah. And so, and how's that working out for you? It's stellar. It is unbelievable. We, uh, it makes your page look like trash, but I, 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 I understand completely why you're doing it because it's a necessary you, evil. Like, you know, I can't stand memes. I can't stand like getting on somebody's page and it's like all memes. I'm like, mm, not following you. I just can't. I can't do it. I like beautiful things and I like to look at a page and if it's got beautiful photography and it's got, even if they only have like 200 followers or whatever, if it's got beautiful, um, it's got beautiful photos. It's got beautiful curated video and it just looks well put together with like, and it's just, I mean, you know, when you get on a good page oh, and oh, you're like, Oh, that looks cool. Oh, oh, I know. I, I spent yeah. years doing it. And if you, you look, if you look at our stuff you from summer of 2021 mm -hmm. back to whenever, yeah, our page is solid, beautiful content, it was gorgeous, color yeah. corrected, mm -hmm. like the right banners cut three by ones. Yep. Everything just looks amazing. It, it was beautifully curated. Nobody fucking responded. We Nobody cared. have been sitting at 55,000 Instagram followers for like five years mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. One is yeah. like we got throttled pretty hard um, because we were combat and we're selling AK-47. So we're selling weapons and guns. It's a fucking flip-flop. Yeah. Right? So this is, this is a weekly battle for me with the yeah. social media. You're selling guns. Your stuff's been mm -hmm. flagged for the love of God. Like you can go buy a flamethrower mm -hmm. on Amazon. You can buy... Right like katana swords on Amazon. I'm selling a flip-flop named after a gun. Mm -hmm. It's not a gun. It's stupid. Anyway. So we, um, so what we started doing is like, I, I just Zach, our social media mm -hmm. photography video guy, he took off for South Africa for Christmas. And so I was left at the helm and I'm really lazy when it comes to it. Like I've really stayed away from social media in the last two years. Yeah. Um, well, it's such a time fucking suck. Yeah. And if you look at my personal following feed, yeah. like it's usually like outdoor photos, adventure stuff, my friends, people that inspire me. That's what right. I like to look at. And I have a couple friends who post really good memes. So I follow them, mm -hmm. but I have to, I had to take the complete opposite with my own company and my own brand. And I, I had this old, I went all the way to the back of my saved ones, my saved memes. And it was this black image, white text, genie, you have three wishes. Me, I want a set of night vision goggles. Genie, oh, cool. Next wish. And I'm, I'm, this, I'm a little bit longer because it's got to fit in a, into a page. Right. I want the only pair in the world. Genie, a lot of people will be affected. Me, now turn off the sun. Genie, dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think we're creeping on as of this morning, like I think we're pushing way past 19,000 mm -hmm. likes and a ton of engagement on it, which is close to 10x the engagement we've had on anything we've ever done as a company. Mm. But then I immediately follow it up with something relevant about Afghanistan or something shitty that the military is doing or the government's doing. 50 likes. Yeah. Right? Meme, mm -hmm. something relevant. Meme, something relevant. And I post them within minutes of each other and then I, I analyze everything. And it's really interesting to see how Instagram will give you'll get more engagement on Instagram for the relevant posts 
and less on the memes. It's really weird. But on Facebook, you get more engagement on the memes and way less en- engagement on the this relevant stuff. And it's even it's really interesting too because as, as a company, when you go to your company Facebook page, below the post, they have this little thing. Oh, hey, your post is doing better. Here's how much better it's doing than your worst one. Anything relevant is like 5.5 times less effective than your average post. Yeah, and I think people really need to pay the fuck attention to that. Like, that's not an accident. It's not an accident that, like, good quality things uh, or or relevant news is getting subverted while stupid shit, stupid mindless entertainment shit is getting getting promoted. It's, it's not an accident. It's. I think it's both. I really think, going back to our conversation about Mr. Slank, when presented with new information, can you change your mind? Mm-hmm. Do you have the ability to change your position on a subject? And the stuff that we present is fact-based, relevant, without the American filter on it. And I think people don't want to read it because they don't want to change their mind. Mm-hmm. They don't want to look at something differently. It takes thought and consideration and you know a little bit of self-awareness and self-reflection that you may have been wrong on something. Which and is difficult. It's super difficult. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. And the more you do it and the more you work on it, the easier that it becomes like anything else uh, and the better you get at it. So nowadays I'm like, like I just had a guy send me a news article from NBC about TSA finding a Carl Gustav on a plane. Please tell me that's the truth. Right? Please. He sent that to me and he's like, bro. And I'm like, immediately my eyes rolled back into my head so hard. I thought that they were going to get fucking stuck. And I was like, don't believe everything you read on the internet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if somebody tried to put a fucking rocket launcher on a goddamn plane. Like in checked baggage? or yeah, in checked baggage. NBC put it out. And I was like... What, what, I mean, I, I have to ask, is there anything wrong with that? I mean, correct. I mean, as long as it doesn't have any ordinance with it, if it's just the launcher with no rockets, it's pretty much harmless. Correct. Like you're not allowed to own any type of, it's called a destructive device, any type of explosive device. You're not allowed to own that unless you have very special licenses. And then there's very special transportation protocol to go along with that. Correct. So let's just assume that like, it's true. I doubt there was any rockets with that thing. So that would just make that like a 20 pound fucking paperweight. Yeah. A little carbon fiber tube with some metal attached to it. Yes. Pretty fucking harmless. Yeah. In, presuming that that's true, which I don't think it is. I think it's a bullshit story because America is like super up in arms about the arm brace thing that just... The Ex- exp- explain to me because I think the whole thing about short barrel rifles is stupid. So I don't follow that. I don't... Right. I, I just... Yeah. It's okay. You either go for a rifle yeah. or you go for a pistol. Yeah. Don't compromise. So... Yeah, so the regulations are anything uh, longer than, or I'm sorry, anything shorter than 16, 16 inches, inches. Yeah, is considered an SBR, short barrel, short barrel rifle. You have to submit a tax stamp. You have to pay a tax stamp. 100% aware of all of these requirements. Okay. Right. So years ago, companies started developing this arm brace so that like disabled people could shoot a rifle. Yeah. And so you know, vets coming back from war, missing arms missing legs, sitting in a wheelchair, still want to go out to the range. They want to shoot their rifles. They want to exercise their second amendment rights. Companies developed this arm brace and it was easy for people to shoot there because your arm slides through it. It velcros through it. Well, it's also 
you know, you can also shoulder. It also has the capability of shoulder firing. But what it did is it classified a now a short barrel rifle, rifle to a pistol. pistol. Yep. So what happened is, and it all boils down to fucking tax money, probably. The government lost out on lots and lots. I can't even like. Supposedly, there's millions of arm braces in circulation. And so two billion dollars they lost out. Two billion dollars in tax revenue they probably lost out on. Potentially, we're just throwing some, you know, we're just throwing fucking bullshit ass numbers out there. Yeah, but if there's a if it's a two hundred dollar tax stamp, yeah, times however many million, we'll just say a million. Yeah, we'll say we'll double it, quadruple it. We'll say five million. Yeah, right. Or they lost out on ten billion dollars. Yeah, and that's what they're mad about. Follow. The it's money, not about yeah, yeah. It's not about pu- public safety. It's not about public safety at all, because criminals that are going to break the law and they're going to go out and shoot people with a short-barreled rifle, aren't going to give a fuck what butt stocks on it. No. They're not going to give a fuck about that. They're going out to kill people. They're already bra- they're already out there to commit murder, so do you think they're going to give a rat's ass what butt stock they have on their fucking gun? No. The only people this affects are law-abiding citizens, and the only reason the government's after it is because it's a tax, it's a fucking heavy tax driver, provides a lot of tax revenue for them to, you know, do gender studies in Pakistan and build infrastructure for the Chinese to pick piggyback off of in, in Africa for their Belt and Road Initiative. So that's why they want their money. has nothing to do with public safety at all. But so for years, arm braces have been legal. And now the ATF just changed their mind and flip-flopped and made a rule, which I'd like to remind people, a rule is not a fucking law. It hasn't been voted on by the legislative branch. It hasn't been signed into a law. It's just the ATF came out and said, well, our interpretation of this now after millions of these have been sold, is that you're going to have to register it within a 120-day period for free, which they're trying to start building a fucking firearms registry. That's what they've always been trying to do. So that they, if they want to confiscate guns, they can do it. And so what they're doing essentially with this is with the stroke of a pin in 120 days, millions of Americans will now become felons if they don't either turn their rifle into the ATF or register it. So. And that's what people are so fucking pissed off about. Like, it's going to be a hot topic at the show. I guarantee it. Yeah. And people are going to fold and they're going to pay their money. Yeah. And they're, they're just going to go away. Yeah. But the, yes, there is going to be that percentage that does that. Or there's going to be a large percentage that doesn't do that. And now you've got like millions of Americans that are in a position to potentially become felons if they get pulled over for like speeding and they're in a super liberal state, like I advised, you know, my people on Patreon because my Patreon group was like, Brian, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I was like, well, if you live in New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, or California and Washington now, and now Washington or Illinois, because in Illinois just passed an assault weapons ban and banned AR 15s altogether. Yeah. Completely unconstitutional. Uh, you need to move. You need to move the fuck out of that state and go to a place that's going to support the second amendment if that's really important to you. And that's like what you do for work like me, or it's what, you know, like just something that's super important to you as an American, which if you're an American, the constitution should be really, really fucking important to you. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds. But I told my, I advise my people, if you're in those States, you should probably consider moving. Don't panic and let the situation develop because I'm hoping what will happen is, you know, people will call their representatives and the wheels on the machine turn slow, but hopefully, hopefully this will get repealed. I bet you more people are going to call their representatives about this than they did about leaving Afghans behind. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad, but.
Which it's it's the truth, right? Yeah, it's, it's complete truth. And that's that's kind of how, and people can hammer on me now because yeah. I just again all this shit's leaking. I just don't give mm-hmm. a fuck anymore. Right. Like okay, cool, America. That's your priority. All the people that stood up for you and defended you and everything else are asking you to cover our backs. You're not going to take the time to fucking put weight on your representatives. Like literally, just call them, hammer them on yep. social media. You're already on your phone scrolling enough. Just keep tagging them in posts. Yep. And shame them to into action, but you won't do it. But ooh, as soon as you become a felon because of that shitty short-barreled rifle you got in your, mm-hmm. and you're safe, you're going to become a felon. Now it affects you, so now you're going to take action. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, super hard. And for for anybody that wants to hate on you, how many Afghans did you help personally evacuate from Afghanistan? It's the numbers fuzzy, but when we were still working with people in country, but I know it, it initially we got in the neighborhood of Kelsey. How many did you get out with your family? Nine. Nine. So I think we're in the neighbor like 30, 35. Not to mention, you know, we hundreds, we kept getting them money and food and then we pivoted our Shema factory to making cold weather clothing to do clandestine cold weather clothing drops throughout, you know, the Kabul region because everybody ran during the summer and then they were freezing. Freezing to death in the winter. And through a brutal winter. So we like kept people warm and fed and that's what we did. And like, people don't give a shit. They give, they give two fucks they just want to say oh your flip-flops are stupid well you got to pay 40 bucks for a shema they don't do any research on the company they don't look at anything they just want to fucking hammer us down yeah 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 so to all the haters out there if you didn't evacuate anybody from afghanistan personally shut the fuck up sit down shut the fuck up sit down shut the fuck up right it and and it's funny because i just when those comments come in like i'll respond hey Mm -hmm. please elaborate on how many people you've helped or Whatever, and I, I don't camera at them, and then everybody else rolls in. That's why I would say, like, go to our comments, go to our threads, and if you're more on our side than somebody else's side, then you, if you guys engage with them, then we don't get shut down, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, the best is our comment threads of people who have been supporters of ours for a decade and listen to some guy, like, roll in and start trolling us, and then you just watch the comment he thread just, just, just go nuts. Yeah. And, like, I just post the popcorn eating meme, mm-hmm. you know? Just, I'm just going to sit there and watch it. You know, yep. it's... Enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that was a meandering ADHD logic change, short barreled rifles to Afghanistan, tax stamp, everything else kind of. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, right. we're brain damaged war vets. Like let's let's just let's just own it. Let's yeah, what do you want to talk about now? Yeah. I would like to take a pee first though. Were you? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break. All right, let's go. Break. We are back from the pee break. Okay, so how long have you been running combat flip flops now? When did you f- when did you get it started and like how many years into it are you? First had the idea in 2009, brought on my partners in 2010, developed through 2011, launched January 2012. So now we're 11 years old. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And it's time. It's time for a new chapter. You you and I had a conversation about other yeah. things happening in your life and you get really excited about this thing. Let's, yeah. ta- let's talk about that. Since... I've been like I think 12 or 13 years old and learning how to sail. I always thought the concept of being able to travel anywhere in the world that you want to just with the power and the energy of the earth and mm-hmm. the skills of your, your own individual self mm-hmm. to go see the world. I always thought was a cool concept. And I was like, I am going to sail around the world and see some rad shit and do rad adventures. And you know, then life gets a hold of you. Yeah. You know, go to school, go to war, come mm-hmm. back, recover from war, get a job. You have kids got to get them off to high school. So that lifestyle, you can do it, but it just wasn't productive and I got committed to my business. And so now I am going to graduate my youngest daughter 
next year from high school and there hasn't been a day where they've been alive where I haven't told them if they ask me, you know, when you turn 18, I, I would know well I will have raised a competent and functioning citizen adult who can pay their bills, take care of themselves, cook food, do laundry. You're, you're a competent human being. At that point, I am going to get on a sailboat and I'm going to sail the fuck away. I will see you. If you want to come see me, have a passport. I'll send you a plane ticket to wherever I'm at. I'll pick you up. So, well, one thing I would like to compliment you on is I think you're a rad dad. Like you are a fucking dad that I wish I had when I was a kid. Like I remember coming over to the house when I was like, when, when the girls were like 10 or 11. And I remember you were teaching one of them how to do invoicing. Yeah. Like for house chores. Like, and you were like talking about like, okay, I'm going to give you a purchase order for to, you. You're going to take this and I, and it's got details in it. And it was like to go clean a room or to do laundry or go do something. And this is she, and then, and then you're going to give me a quote back for how much you're charging me to do those chores. And then I'm going to approve your quote and sign it and give it back to you. And then you're, when you're going to go and complete the scope of work and then you're going to invoice me. And you were teaching them that at like 10 or 11 years old. So when you're like, when I, you turn 18, you will be competent. Like, Yes, I I fully believe those gir- those two girls will be very productive adults in their adult life. So, fingers crossed, God yeah. willing, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not shit that I've seen like any of my other friends, like any of my other friends that have kids. Like I've never seen them teaching them like business practice stuff when they're like that young. So yeah, the uh, the line that I always remember is, uh, "My dad taught me all that I knew, but he didn't teach me everything that he knew." Hmm. And so I just, I really think about that line when I'm right. hanging out with my kids is like, what lesson or principle can I teach them? And I, I, you know, more often than not, I don't think it sets in, but every now and then they come back around and they do something or they say something where, you know, they heard you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So on, on that note, uh, my kids are awesome. Yep. I think they're going to be fine whatever they choose to do. Yeah, they're both amazing. And I am looking forward to going and spending a lot of time in the sun, sailing on a boat, going and seeing rad shit all around the world. So we're on the the short and narrow path now. I'm like looking at boats, trying to like sell everything in our house, like outlining everything we need to do, making our 18-month plan to to really make this happen. Lapine, she just signed up for a sailing club. So we'll be sail racing every Tuesday night and you know taking classes Fridays and Saturdays when we can. Awesome. And then getting into it. And then I've been binge watching all the YouTube sailing shows. Hmm. Um, I'm excited because I know the content we're going to put out is going to be hot. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? What, what your what your plans are for soon, like when you get the boat and you guys start start doing stuff or is that going to be? Is that no, no, it's okay. totally fine. Yeah. So we uh, like for me, nature, seeing like mm-hmm. nature is, is, a, is a huge deal. Like I want to see a silverback gorilla in the wild. As dumb as it sounds, I want to go scuba diving in Southeast Asia and see a seahorse underwater. Right. I want, I want to see a seahorse. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've already swam with uh, the uh, whale sharks. I've already done that, which is, was a bucket list item. But, like, I've already seen humpbacks. But, like, I want to go see a sperm whale. I want to see a narwhal. I want to see a polar bear. I want to see an elephant seal. I want to, like, and all of these things are all around the world. And I want to go see them and throw the long lens on the camera and the videographer and fly the drone and make it look fucking hot and go show people what's outside of your telephone or computer screen. You just got to get off of your ass and go do it. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can vouch for how much you love nature and love that shit because for years I've come over to your house and you've like been like outside 
Zen gardening, like samurai, samurai Bushido Zen gardening, the front of the house with like potted plants. And like, there's been times where like we were walking, I think we went and ate tacos and we were walking back from the restaurant and you were like, holy shit. And you like ran over to this house and you like were taking pictures of the flowers that were blooming in the front yard. Yeah. And you knew what they were. You're like, this is a whatever sign. And you were like naming the scientific name of what the the flower was. I don't know. You got me pretty high at the restaurant, so I don't remember. That was the first day weed was legalized in Washington. Yeah. I remembered that. I celebrated some freedom there. Yeah. You got me stoned to shit at that restaurant. Like I, I remember rolling up and you, and you pulled out a joint and I was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like celebrating democracy and you fucking fired it up and then you handed it over to me. And I was like, bro, put that, like I was freaking out about it. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, you're like, we legalized. And I was like, and then you got me high as shit. And then we went in and fucking ate. And then we looked at flowers and then we looked at flowers. Yeah. It was around. So on that note, are you ready to go? Fucking tear up some SHOT Show 2023. I am ready to go share up some SHOT Show 2023. And then I would encourage everybody to stay tuned to not only to this podcast, but look for our follow-up to this because it will be done in a bubble bath about Mm -hmm. 48 hours from now. Yes. SHOT Show wrap-up. SHOT Show. Man soup. Follow us on Instagram, Combat for Flops. If you want to follow me personally, it's at combatforflops.griff. And is there anything else you want me to say? No. All right. Stay rad, everybody. Be a better human. Hi, Stoke. Catch you guys next time. Peace.